0: You know, unfortunately, we've been doing some research for a presentation we're doing. Only 25 states require someone to even take a finance or economics course to even graduate from high school. Hmm. So that's a problem. So so we have a, we don't even know how to be taught to be entrepreneurs, let alone the tax stuff. And even the CPA exam, nowhere on the CPA exam do they test you on actual tax planning and strategy. It's just, do you know this information?
1: This podcast is sponsored by Engineered Tax Services, a subsidiary of Engineered Advisory, whose goal is to support CPAs and their clients to achieve the highest and best use of time and resources. ETS offers specialty tax services and incentives, which help expand your capabilities and ensure that your clients are paying only what is required in taxes and nothing more. To learn more about Engineered Tax Services, go to engineeredtaxservices.com and mention the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast to receive project discounts and a free CPA partnership ebook. Hi everyone, this is Heidi Henderson, and you are listening to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast for accountants. I am really passionate about people and the industry. And I truly believe that the accounting industry can do better for both our clients and its professionals. So I'm going to share insights from people who have found professional success and who have managed to balance that with their physical, mental, and personal health. So I hope you enjoy, and I hope you get inspired. Accountants can earn free CPE from listening to this episode. Just visit earmarkcpe.com, download the app, take a short quiz, and get your CPE certificate. And now, on to the episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's podcast. Today, this is fun. This is, I I think this is fun every day, but I'm excited. Today, we are with Chris Picuro. And uh, Chris, your bio, I was looking at the bio, I'm like, it just goes on and on. And I'm so excited to hear about what I mean, how you've built your career, your practice, and then really the trajectory and evolution of where you're going with it because it's so unique and outside the box. Um, uh, you and I met because I was on your podcast, by the way, which we'll share the name of that and talk more about it. And it was very dynamic. I loved how you have your cohort that that uh, is on the podcast with you. It was, it was really fun and energetic. A uh, little bit about Chris for the listeners, so they have some background, is you are CPA with many other designations, professional designations. Uh, you formed uh, your own CPA firm, Integrated CPA Group, and have run that successfully for uh, looks like the last 20 years. A public accountant, PFS designation, which is personal financial specialist. You are an accredited retirement advisor, an adjunct instructor. Uh, At Davenport University, also with Bakers College, you've obviously presented and spoken in many different platforms across the country, both looks like industry as well as tax all over and uh, rewards for that. And then sitting a number of different boards. Like I say, I could continue to go on, but I think that that helps listeners really understand. I think the biggest thing is that you have not just jumped into the public accounting space, but that you... Literally, just took it by storm in terms of saying, Look, I'm going to dive in and I want to be able to bring everything I can to the table. So, thank you first off so much for joining today. Can't wait to talk to you and learn more about what you're doing.
0: Well, thank you so much for having me. It is really an honor. I'm a fan of the podcast. I, I love picking up tidbits like niches make riches. I, you know, heard that one uh, this last couple of weeks. Um, I, I love it. so. You know, Bald Accountants Gone Wild is my <laughs> podcast. Um, you know, we'll get into that later. I have run our CPA practice for over 20 years. I appreciate you telling me I've run it successfully for 20 years, but unfortunately the first 10 years, I wouldn't say it was unsuccessful, but we definitely failed forward a lot. It led mm-hmm. me to the place that I'm at right now. And what I feel is a calling. Um, and, and by the grace of God, the these windy rivers have gotten me to the place that we are, not just, um, in business, but personally and in health, um, both physical, mental health. And, um, and I'm just, yeah, I'm so excited to be on this podcast. I feel like we, as accountants, um, we do many, many times, um, big, big theme would be let our work, let our workflow is what we say in our practice, control us, Mm -hmm. not us control it. And, um, you know, that that I just see that a lot. I see a lot of burnout. Um, I don't see a lot of you know, you see a little bit of multi-generational practicing, mm-hmm. but much less than in other industries, which is kind of sad. And that tells yep. me that um that we've got to fix some things.
1: Yep. Yep. I, I I couldn't agree more. And I love so many of the phrases that you said there about failing forward, which is I mean. So much the epitome of what we learn, I think, as we age and work through life, is that the failures that seem so earth ending at times really give us the greatest gifts. Uh, so I'm excited to dive into that a little bit more with you. Let's start at the beginning. Where Where are you from? Where do you live right now? Where were you sure. born and raised?
0: I am very blessed to live in beautiful Franklin, Tennessee. For those that don't know, it's 15 miles between 15 or 20 miles south of Nashville, depending on where you live in Franklin. Uh, I have three children. Uh, 14, going to be 13 and nine. And about seven years ago, my wife and I, my wife, Holly, who's a, a teacher, and she has a real estate license. So we we have that love for real estate. Mm. But uh, we relocated our family here from outside of Detroit. And um, it wasn't just to avoid the state of Michigan income tax. <laughs> uh, though residency planning is one of those strategies that some people use. yeah. But it really was because I was able to um, arrange my workflow and with my wife being a teacher, we were just looking for that that quality of life. And, and honestly, about 10 years ago, maybe nine years ago, because it took a while, we really looked at the the country and we said, where do we want to raise our kids? It's going to be a difficult decision to execute. It wasn't necessarily a difficult decision to make, but and, and we fell in love with, uh, there are certain things we were both looking for. We fell in love with this community of Franklin and um, very fortunate to be here. So That's where I'm that's where I am right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, although that being said, we do have team members um, in other other states and our clients are really all over the place, which helped me a lot or allowed me to be able to not be so geographically centered in Detroit, where I where we started the practice. And the first 10 years, I really felt like I was so geographically centered and not not industry specific Mm -hmm. uh, as far as our practice area.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the whole remote. The ability to work remote and the changes in technology over the years. And not only that, I think people's acceptance of working under that format has changed everything. I mean, for I think all of us individually, the profession, of course, they will continue to evolve the the profession. But uh, to your point, being able to choose where we live without being tied down, you know, ball and chain to a specific location. So that's really cool. And I love that area. I'm I'm a horse person. So oh. I love all, you know, between, uh, Kentucky and Tennessee and those areas and all the rolling and grass and it's, it's so beautiful. And of course now I live in Vegas, I'm in the desert, so <laughs> I don't know how that happened.
0: Well, that's all right. Also, I know you're in a great, well, I know you love, uh, food and, and, yep. and checking out all of that. There's never a dull moment in Vegas with the food, you know, food and drink, um, yeah. scene. And, um, so yeah, it's been, it's great here. We have a lot of, we'd have a lot of, uh, horse farms here and, um, yep. You know, I would say that in one of the hacks as an accountant or a CPA that's practicing is if you can if you can niche and we've, that's been a good great theme as far as uh, on, on this podcast. you know sometimes not living in the same geographic area as your client, there's a lot of advantages to that, just because you know there, there are several. There are several. Mm-hmm. but just being able to to have the knowledge of the industry that they're in. Can be a huge advantage, and a lot of times, believe it or not, the clients, especially for us, we our focus is real estate and, and entrepreneurs. So many times, our clients are pretty much the number one real estate investor in their specific city or town. Oh. The last thing they want is someone in that town knowing all of their all of their uh, information, all of oh. their income, all their assets.
1: That's okay. That's really interesting. Okay. So mm-hmm. I want to go down this path for a second, even though I do want to, I want to back up and hear more about you personally, but because you opened up this little CPA hack, I mm-hmm. think it's really interesting that you, you're looking at it and call it a hack that maybe not living in the vicinity of your clients gives you both a, um, an advantage, but also personally, but also with your clients that I really wouldn't have thought of before. And and sort of adding to that thought before I have you respond, how do you how do you then manage the client relationship? Because that's right. The CPA space, we the trusted advisor. Right. So mm-hmm. we build these client relationships. We're privy to all their financial, personal information. I know the younger generations are certainly much more open and and have more confidence in in working remote, working with remote partners and having their stuff being sent uh, you know, transferred automatically or or electronically. I mean, but how do you then manage that? You've got benefits to doing that, but then how do you handle those client relationships and really bonding with people when you aren't in the same area?
0: Mm-hmm. Couple hacks here, and uh, <laughs> so one hack to understand. It's not really a big. I mean, we all know this, but first thing is communication solves all problems. That's in, in almost any relationship that you're in. So. For our private practice and with uh, teaching tax flow, which is what we're going to be talking about is also for us, our standard is we're going to reply to any type of communication within one business day. Hmm. That's, and, and you know what? That doesn't mean and that scares a lot of accountants. That doesn't mean you have to have the answer within one business day. We had one of our um, members uh, of teaching tax flow. I asked a question about their social security benefits and, and what to do. And if I just ignored it or we ignored that question, they would be frustrated. But mm-hmm. what we said is, okay, let's, let's call time timeout. Give me a little bit more information. Talk to me a little bit about your, what we call your board of directors, the people that you're working with. And let's, let's create a task and let's, let's figure out what you're trying to solve and come up with a great solution for you. A lot of accountants do all that, but they don't tell the client or the member that they're doing it. <laughs> so communication solves all problems. I'll give you an example. I'm not good with vehicles, even though I'm from Detroit. When I, <laughs> if You drop your vehicle off at the de- a dealership or, or at a m- mechanic shop, and they say, all right, well, we'll look at it by Friday, by the end of the week. They use that term end of the week, and it's Tuesday. Your end of the week might be Friday, but the, really their end of the week might be Saturday. Friday 3 p.m. rolls around, and you haven't heard anything from them. Where are you at? You assume the worst, because mm-hmm. mentally we always assume the worst, and we don't know what the answer is. You call frustrated and you get someone at 3 p.m. on Friday and they say, oh, yeah, well, we looked at it. We need, you know, needs a part and we expect the part to be next Wednesday. So we'll have it to you next Thursday. You're not happy because now you don't have your vehicle for almost another week.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But had they called you when they looked at it and said, here's a situation, we're missing a part, Your your vehicle is not necessarily drivable, but we want to prepare you for that. And here's our expectation. Now, all of a sudden, okay. You don't have, you know, at least they communicated. It. It's not their fault. The mechanics fault that your car is broken and mm-hmm. that they don't have the part necessarily. Uh, so that's the thing is communication solves all solve problems. Yep. Another thing I learned from one of our clients, um, that was a national football NFL player. And, um, what they talk about a lot of times is availability is your best ability.
1: <laughs> Coach
0: ability is your other best ability. So something that, um, so the point is when you're talking about someone that's remote promise availability as far as returning those emails, but we've created um, we've created a service called uh, CPA urgent care and that clients could come in and come into a tree triage. We assess what they need. And then they talk to one of our tax specialists one-on-one in a, in a private setting. And those hours are set up. We do it three times a week, two hours a, a week. Hmm? And for that, that has cut down on a lot of meetings, but also the clients know three days a week they can pop in at their convenience and they'll be seen pretty much within five minutes.
1: Wow. That is so, so okay. I have never heard of that. So that is fascinating. I think that's a pretty cool, cool idea concept. Thank
0: you. Yeah. We, <laughs> we, uh, we've got some IP on it. We're going to be in that, and that's part of what we're going to be really expanding out too. So it's been really cool. Yeah. And, and, The, um, so to manage those relationships, Mm -hmm. availability and communication, Mm -hmm. those two things are the most important because if I went into a room of 50 accountants, I have no clue who's good and who's not, (laughs) and neither, neither do, do clients. And, and unfortunately, and I know you asked me about these personal questions, but unfortunately for a lot of taxpayers, Mm because taxpayers, they haven't, let's say they haven't shopped for a tax professional or an accountant before, they don't know what the value they don't understand even what they're shopping for. Hmm. So if you could imagine, let's say you have a grandparent or a parent or an uncle that is, let's say, seventy-eight years old, and they haven't bought a refrigerator in twenty years, <laughs> they're going to get sticker shock, right? And they're going to ha- they don't even know what they need, they don't even know how to use it. So uh, some of the functions, um, yeah, I don't either for that like right,
1: term, <laughs> right, yeah, right. That I mean that's a good point. So l- let's talk then about. The flow of your your evolving business, I guess, or your your mm-hmm. um, professional career. Because really, I think, from my understanding, you, you started kind of standard public accounting, probably started a firm. And now we're running into this very interesting era where staffing is difficult. Everybody's got more work than they can possibly handle. We've got a whole arm of our business that does outside marketing for CPA firms okay, well, that's great. But the problem is, is nobody wants any clients right now. They're going great market, fine. But I, you know, how much marketing mm-hmm. do I want? Don't bring me any new leads because I don't want any new clients. Mm-hmm. So, so there's that issue. There's not enough staff to do the work. So then we're at capacity, which you mentioned, you and I were speaking earlier and you kind of mentioned that your private practice is at capacity. What have you done now? Talk to me about where are you going? Because what you're building now is so cool. And I really think it's it's stepping into the, the next era.
0: Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I'm excited. I would say the first 10 years of my career, I failed forward a lot. I like to say I paid a lot of tuition. <laughs> uh, and to make a long story short, I was, we had a team, but essentially I was responsible for building a practice that had seven offices, 3,400 clients of a staff of over 25 people and i built it based on me running it instead of processes running and it it was what seems like a great thing was not a great thing i regretfully missed the first five years of my older two children's lives a mm. 14 year old and the gonna be 13 um and and it was like what am i doing here um and at that point we started experimenting so that was about 12 years ago 11 years ago now, with the uh, Subscription based model and kind of implemented that, drew a line of the sand, implemented that, and then finally just went all all into that. So we at that point, you know, I, I had the burden, of, you know, of of all the clients, all and me r- not having the right processes set up. So we ended up divesting most of the practice. Took we had four people on the team that were very capable of having their own practice, and they still are in business and taking those clients and, and kind of chiseled it all down.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: To build it back up to be real estate-specific, membership-based subscription business model, focused on tax planning and strategy. So that's on the private CPA practice. So mm-hmm. we built that pretty much to capacity. Now we have a, a one-tenth of the amount of clients. We have 25% of the staff and actually more revenue than we did when we had all these crazy offices and, and staff.
1: Really. And that's through building processes. So you know, is that technology? Is that systems? How have you implemented mm-hmm. that?
0: Yeah. So building so we we have a few little sayings, like the you know, a problem there, it's there's a it's a problem till there's a process.
1: Um, <laughs> using
0: technology is very important. Uh, and, and I think what happens in our industry is that accountants, CPAs, tax preparers, they get so tired of repeating the same things over and over that they get burnt out Mm -hmm. and they can't they don't understand and i'm a little guilty of this why someone doesn't understand what they're talking about when we're talking about taxes the first time we say it Mm -hmm. so one of the main pivots we did was we started using videos so if someone if we get three questions three questions from different clients that are the same the same question three times rather it's a video a video has to be created to explain the situation, a lot of accountants and CPAs run into an unfortunate situation where lenders are asking for CPA comfort letters. I don't know if you've been familiar with that at all. Um, a little bit. Yeah. What, what happens is the underwriter is asking for something that would that violates the AICPA Code of Ethics. Well, it's an it puts you in a bad situation. So what we we did we recorded a video and we explained why we can't provide the exact verbiage that the underwriter wants. What can we do for them? And that we're there to help them as much as possible. And we've yet to have a client not get alone in about eight years. And hundreds and hundreds of people watch this video because we can see that's the other thing. If you write the user right software, you can see who watches the video, they can make comments on it and, and, and that sort of stuff. So,
1: interesting. So, you know, um, our, our group has a, a partner track program. It's called the Partner Institute, it's a three year training program to develop staff and really teach them to be leaders and, and um, future partners and firms. And in one of the sessions, there's, there's always a discussion about things like this, about innovation, or how can we start to look at solving problems? I have, I'm going to have so many one-liners after this podcast. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like I'm writing them all down. So we say it's a problem until it's a process. Um, I'm using that one, Chris. That's so, good. We were talking in the Partner Institute. Uh, about the same thing is how how do we look at what we're doing, what is taking the, the majority of our time that becomes repetitive, that is keeping us from doing the proactive things that we really need to focus on? It's sort of that 80-20 rule. We end up 80% of our time spent on the things that, you know, create 20% of the revenue. And how do we solve that? And to your point, one of those solutions was to create videos and resources mm-hmm. for clients to access so we are spending endless hours answering the same questions, having the same conversation, teaching clients about certain concepts that we can put there. And historically, uh, you know, I was even a little hesitant about that because in a sense, you think, well, our relationships with our clients, the people we work with, it's, it's a relationship. We want to bond. We want to be there. We want to support them. But there's a balance where... You do that to a certain point and, you know, videos, although maybe somewhat impersonal, there's only so much time in a day. And, uh, you know, I, I, I agree with you. I think that's a tremendous um, process that more people should utilize.
0: And, and, I, and I would agree, that, you know, with the videos, especially if they are only for your clients, which that's how we started doing our videos. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, everything from scheduling a meeting, logging on your portal, uploading documents. Electronically signing your eighty-eight seventy-nine form, all that could be, could be videos, and it actually helps the the um, the taxpayer and the client because they can absorb it at their pace, mm-hmm. and they're not trying to explain it to their spouse or significant other, which is another. Now you've doubled it, and now yeah. you have them bantering about. So that's the it, yeah. first thing: was you control your workflow? Don't let it control you. And I mm-hmm. spent ten years of it controlling me. Uh, if I hadn't done that, I might have a, a nice hairdo. Uh, but you know, who knows, but now we control it. And honestly, you're going to, for your clients the ones that really get it, they're going to understand that they're hiring you. They're partnering with you because of your knowledge, not because Mm -hmm. you can help them set up a client portal. Now, obviously you need to have a team. If someone gets stuck or something that they can help them out. But I mean, if you look at pretty much when, look, if you get stuck somewhere, Heidi, you, you might let's say you're stuck on the side of the road and your battery light's on or something, you might call someone, but you might look at YouTube first, try to find a three-minute answer. And <laughs> just, All right, let me just get my car. You know, something might be wrong. Mm-hmm. So.
1: That's, a, it's a great point. So with your practice, you've, you've, okay. excuse me, you've implemented processes to give yourself more time to create that flexibility, focus on proactive things, because yes, yeah. yeah, so that's ultimately the ability to grow and expand. Tell us more about some of the other innovations. I mean, first off, you know, going to the subscription-based model, we're hearing more and more. A lot of firms still are like, that's impossible. We, 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 we can't do that. So actually, before we start to talk about your other mm-hmm. things you're, you're building, let's actually dive into that for just a second. How difficult was that transition? And you know, how do you handle that both for yourself and then also for other CPA firms whose first response is, that's impossible. We can't do that.
0: Well, it is harder to turn around an 18-wheeler than a motorcycle. So, we, so <laughs> let's, let's say that. And I think yeah. and that's something that we're going to be really, um, you know, helping people with later this year. Understand that you don't have to do it all in one fail swoop. Mm-hmm. The first thing you should probably do if you're considering doing a, going to a subscription model is test it out on your next five leads. Don't even worry about your legacy clients. Find someone that's going to champion this. You might be the only person in your practice. And if you are, believe it or not, it's going to be easier for you to change than, than a practice of 25, 30, 40 people. Hmm. And um, yeah, we we have, you know, there, there's a basically eight steps to it. It's funny, I put together Continuing Ed. Uh, we've done a few times for different outfits. And one of well, our CRM reached out and said, you know, this, this subscription model this is like two years ago. This sounds pretty cool. Would you teach a continuing ed for us on it? I'm like, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and um, but it forced me to really de- dive deep and say, well, how did I? I just did what I thought was right. Well, how did I do all those stuff? What were the steps? Mm-hmm. So there are eight steps. But the first one is just understanding that that's the future. If you're a larger firm, maybe find someone that believes in this and and try it for the next five clients. Don't worry about mm-hmm. the legacy clients. The legacy clients will. It'll all come out in the wash one way or another. They're either going to, you're either going to potentially create a separate brand just for the subscription model, or you're going to make it so that the legacy clients, it's advantageous for them to move into the subscription model. Hmm. That's it. I know that's a lot easier said than done, but.
1: No, no, it's interesting. I mean, it's a good concept, you know, that, that it's not all or none, that you don't have a choice, you know, that, that. It, it's not. Look, you you have to evolve your whole company overnight, and now you're something new and billing different. It's it's good, I think, to think that. Look, baby steps. Uh, I I did a podcast with a you know a, he calls himself coach, uh, and it was great. It's all about health and wellness and all kinds of stuff. And it was the exact same thing. It's baby steps. You literally i mm-hmm. uh, reading another book, Evolve or Die, and it's like one percent change. All you have to do is a one percent change per day. And it's interesting because then that starts to carry over to all aspects of our life. It's not just our fitness or health. It's, you know, not our professional growth or personal development, but also in our practice, you know, we can make very small baby step changes and, and see how that evolves over time. So where else are you then evolving? So you, you've taken your firm to subscription model. Now you mm-hmm. have all kinds of other things you're branching out in. Tell us mm-hmm. about that.
0: So, yeah, absolutely. And I would say, so with the, with the private practice, we did get to a certain capacity. But in my heart, I love teaching. I love helping people out. I have a passion for helping out uh, CPAs and tax professionals. I started my practice when I was 27 and I was too young and dumb to know what I didn't know. And I, did, you know, figure out all the things that I would fail forward on. But, um, and I also have a passion for helping taxpayers. You know, unfortunately, we've been doing some research for a presentation we're doing. Only 25 states require someone to even take fi- finance or economics course to even graduate from high school. Hmm. So that's a problem. So the, so we have a entrepreneur. We don't even know how to be taught to be entrepreneurs, let alone the tax stuff. And even the CPA exam, nowhere on the CPA exam do they test you on actual tax planning and strategy. It's just, do you know this information? Mm-hmm. So it's really, we're. I don't want to say we're all victims, but we all are, the, the whole structure is set up for a lack of knowledge and education. So we're really passionate about helping the CPA and and accounting community and also taxpayers. So our private practice, yes, we got to capacity because we implemented this subscription-based model. In the subscription-based model, we focused on tax planning and strategy. And to be able to scale that, we developed a proprietary tax planning and strategy, which didn't have a name. We just did what we did and it worked and people were happy. So about, it kind of fits in with this with this um, podcast about five years ago. I was out for a run. I'm like, what? You know, a lot of our clients are real estate investors. They understand cash flow. Oh, it's called, let's just call our process teaching tax flow. Oh. Tax flow. What is tax flow? It doesn't exist. <laughs> well, it, it's the benefit or burden of every tax decision. It's your after tax product of a decision. Mm-hmm. So just like cost segregation study, you could actually, in the right situation, get paid for buying a property. Mm-hmm. So there's a cash flow. It could cash flow positive and you could actually receive a refund, a large refund, not to dive into the cost side, sorry, but that's an yep. example of cash flow versus tax flow. And I'm like, okay, well, what are the principles of teaching tax flow? So we came up with three principles. Those are our guiding mm-hmm. lights. The point is, I so that was like the special sauce. And I'm like, oh gosh. Okay, how can we get this to everyone? How can we have the person that bought their first rental property, they're not going to be able to pay $5,000 or more for a CPA firm that has a specialty. And even if they do the first year and we implement some strategy and they go somewhere later because they only bought one property, it doesn't work for anyone. So how can we create something that can empower people to legally and ethically reduce the tax they pay in their lifetime, taxpayers and also, accountants, how can we, because if we're going to tell accountants, look, you should use value pricing, you should maybe go to this membership model, they, they're they going to want to do it, but they're going to be like, how do I do it? Because I've never done tax planning. I'm not taught. All I know is, well, tax planning, I'll just charge, put something in my timesheet, and call it tax planning. <laughs> um, so that was, Teaching Tax Flow was born. And for most of 2022, I really worked on creating Teaching Tax Flow. Now we have a team of people that work with, TT. we call it TTF. And we create, we, we decided that we have to create lessons that are five minutes or less. We call them mini lessons hmm. and, and to teach certain concepts. And the, and the cool thing is almost everything that we get asked, we have a mini lesson for. And now I don't have to repeat myself all the time. <laughs> um, yeah. So Teaching Tax will officially launch the day after Thanksgiving. Hmm. And um, it's, it's a community. It's a community of taxpayers and accountants we call. Uh, strategic, um, implementation partners, like, like engineer tax service, because the biggest, one of the other challenges we have is that taxpayers in general want a prescription before they have a diagnosis. So we mm-hmm. have a proprietary system of diagnose, prescribe, diagnose, prescribe, and that's teaching tax flow. And that's really where 80% of my time now is helping people out and, and really breaking down those myths That you have to be have a lot of income, or have a lot of assets to do tax planning. We've done case studies where you can it could be an elementary school teacher that just graduated, Mm -hmm. and the other spouse could be you know work at a landscaping company or something, and they can save thousands and thousands and thousands by doing one you know by putting money in their Roth 401k when it gets a 403b instead of what everyone thinks you should be doing is putting or you're told to do is putting in your 403b program pre-tax. Mm-hmm. Someone in a 12% marginal tax bracket should not be going tax deferred. Not to get too technical, but these are the things that teaching tax flow is solving. We're kind of like, I'm not going to call us the Uber transportation yet, but you know what we are? We're the television remote control.
1: So how do you, how do you, you know, how do you monetize that when we're used to looking at billable hours and we're billing time? How do you monetize that type of a structure for yourself? Mm -hmm. So
0: obviously in the, in, in the private practice, which I'll set to the side, there's a subscription model, but with teaching tax flow, it's really, we have a value ladder that, that fits for every type of type of person. Mm. We have two main avatars. We have, uh, we have that first beginning avatar person that's getting started. Um, our unlimited membership is less than $100 a month for everything Teaching Tax Flow offers, including our proprietary calculators, our community page. Um, we, have some, we have some free content just, just so people can understand what it is. That would be our podcast, uh, private Facebook group, some of our stuff on social media. And then it goes all the way up to a one-on-one of the one-on-one three-month tax coaching program. So it's, it is a slow burn. And yes, I've had to have a very successful, what we call, I shouldn't say successful, but fruitful, because just because you make money doesn't make you successful, but a fruitful (laughs) DPA practice to be able to take some serious steps back and launch uh, TTF. Right. Really what what we're finding is that on average, I have my, my notes here. So we've gotten teaching tests. So we've got people that want the self-guided. That's our Mm -hmm. avatar of the beginners. For every hour they they're in teaching tax, so in general, they're saving about $185 in tax per hour that they put into doing the self-guided. So their break-evens about a half hour a month if their cost is $90. Now that being said, we have mini lessons. If someone's really just like, I really want to understand, I don't know, can you any any cost segregation studies, just because I know. Yeah. You could take a cost segregation mini lesson for about $20 and understand it. Now you'll still need help applying it. Yeah, and obviously there's some revenue opportunities there with the implementation of these strategies. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and then the average we have we've launched teaching tax flow or TTF urgent care, mm-hmm. the same concept as our private practice. And that those that comes with a, an in person meeting plus some implementation and something like that. I think it's about seven hundred and thirty dollars. The average savings right now is six thousand eight hundred dollars for for the taxpayer. And we're hope we're tracking this. And we're hoping we're hoping to Continue to increase that, but yeah,
1: um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, we got to talk more about that too because you know it's incredible some of the, the the incredible investment opportunities and the strategies that are available at all different levels. To your point, because anymore we too we work with a lot of investors or small individuals, normal people out there with regular jobs, you know, a teacher and a contractor who bought their first rental property or they've bought their second rental property and they're growing their portfolio. And I personally have seen some of these people really start to grow their net worth. And it is it is one of the most inspiring things. One of the things I've probably enjoyed the most is helping teach someone a little bit more about real estate investing and how to use some of these strategies and watch their portfolio grow, watch them change and evolve into something, you know, a, a legit real estate investor or it you know, doesn't always real estate, even a business owners are growing their business or what it may be. What are your thoughts then on giving all the information away? Sometimes we hear those comments that, well, then you're just giving all this information away, and and they're going to go somewhere else. You
0: know, you right, and that's you, a toughie, right? Because you've got YouTube and you've got other outlets where people can can absorb information. But the the key is having the community to implement that to implement those strategies to what well, we we have a. We have some uh, it, it uh, copyrighted what we call our IQ test, which is a four part test: identify, quantify, identify, quantify. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so yes, there's free content out there, but the we feel that at our price points, the the value the value that people are getting is for the guidance and making sure they're with the right people. I mean, I've got a hot button issue with the ERTC, and which kind of led us to state before like. Do you want to work with a reputable firm like yours, or do you want to work with a one that they have got a cute domain name and they're they're filing false claims? I know you have your uh, story about your friends that they're you know, not to go on that tangent, but I'm just saying yeah. that that like, hey, well, guess what, we qualify, and you're like, uh, no, you don't. But anyway, yep. The point is, um, you know, one option would have been just. I, I feel like we give away a lot of complimentary content, but I know, and I. I know that once someone realizes that people in our community know what they're talking about, the end users will go up the value ladder up to it where it makes sense for them. And Mm -hmm. and what we do is we don't push people up that ladder. You know, Mm -hmm. they climb it on their own. Yeah. other thing I should have mentioned as far as a community is we launched something called the TTF Black Belt Program. And that's (laughs) actually intended for other tax professionals that are, as we said, not many of them are looking for for, uh, more work. Those tax professionals that want to learn more about tax planning and strategy, they have to take our three core courses, which only takes about three and a half to four hours. Have, there's a little bit of con- competency testing. But mm-hmm. then when we have people in our community that, that are looking for that fit, then those tax professionals understand our process and our, our system. So
1: Yeah. Well, it's, it's so fun to hear kind of the path that you've taken it looks like it's a process of failing forward, but then evolving and in finding new opportunities as you're running into roadblocks, like, like getting to capacity in your practice. And then where do we go from here? Where, where are the opportun- other opportunities that exist? So, so taking it really back to the beginning, in essence, what, what makes you tick? What you, you're a slow, I feel like you could be a slogan writer. you yeah. has <laughs> got all his, all his great, Taglines. Next time I have a business concept, I'm going to call you. And be like Chris. I need. I need a, a slogan. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. So, wh- what? What makes you tick? What? What? You know, at some point in your life, formative life, I feel like there's always something when we're young that sort of, mm-hmm. sort of uh, changes us. Some experience that we had that sort of pushes the trajectory. What? What was that for you? That's kind mm-hmm. of created Chris. This. This drive and this ambition that you have.
0: Well, I, it, that's a great question. My parents, you know, growing up in, uh, just outside of Detroit, very hardworking, very blue collar area. And, um, I was always entrepreneurial, um, but I started at a young age, I became a Detroit newspaper boy <laughs> back like the video game, like running or driving a bike around with the papers in it and doing my own stuffers. But I was able to utilize the paper route mm-hmm. to, um, uh, Smuggle over to Kmart, if anyone knows who that is, and get a slushie. And my mom, if she ever listens to this, probably be mad at me. Uh, but, but I would spend like a dollar a day or probably 75 cents on a slushie, which, hey, I, I pedaled my bike around about a bunch of miles, but I was able to take that. And then I was able to take some money and I love collecting baseball cards and buy baseball cards. And that ended up actually being somewhat profitable as well. And, and I guess that's kind of sparked my entrepreneurial spirit, entrepreneurial spirit. And it's kind of funny to think about those days because I was I think 13, 14, I would draw. Not only have to lug these papers around, plus you got the conditions, the wintry conditions. I had to mm-hmm. go to random people's houses and collect money. There's no like <laughs> you'd knock on the door, collect and uh, but but all of these things kind of those skills came to me. I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I was I liked math. I was not going to be good enough to be on the Detroit Tigers. <laughs> so I thought, all right, well, I'm going to, um, this is just the, the route I'm going to go. But So I really love, I honestly, I, I'm just an entrepreneur that having to be a CPA and knew forming a CPA firm would be the my best route to being mm-hmm. able to be entrepreneurial. And now I spend some time, you know, I, we love real estate. Uh, I love doing different real estate deals. I like doing investing in real estate. And really helping people out with, you know, I don't know, just keeping more of their money that mm-hmm. they should be. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a saying, you know, here's another saying is like, you, you know, one of our three pillars is that the, the tax agencies are your involuntary business partner. So mm-hmm. you either pick your tax or they pick your tax. You get the choice in how you, that's the core teaching tax, bill, what your actions are, pick your, pick your tax. Um, I know that. So yeah, the, just thinking back the paper route thing, I don't know my, you know, just, I've been, I guess, given a gift of compassion for people and mm-hmm. wanting to teach them. It's just, and that's why I want you know, once we really focused on the private CPA practice, but yet got to the capacity, I was just thinking, I'm thinking, gosh, the people, a lot of the people in my life, I can't even help them anymore. If I stick mm-hmm. to this, what I'm doing right now, And I yeah. want to be able to help them. I want, if I didn't know my parents, I want them to be able to go to Teaching Tax Flow and say, oh, okay, I understand, you know, a one-time transfer to my health savings account, and mm-hmm. who should I talk to about it? Yeah, um, yeah, whatever, it's so.
1: huge because, you know, back to one of your one-liners, um, yeah. you know, about uh, it's a problem until it's a process, <laughs> I've got to go yes. back to my notes, but you, you've been able to create these processes that have then freed you up, and you had said earlier... That you had your firm and you really missed out on some of the important years of your kids when they were young. Your young, your your two oldest kids. And it sounds like you've been able to adjust that a little bit. So here you are, you've got a firm that's kind of at capacity right now. You're building some other programs, you're doing education. Then tell me, if I had to guess, yeah. I'm guessing you you do have time and you found also time to spend time with your kids and be involved and to take care of yourself. So tell us now a little bit about how, you, how do you balance all of that in your life?
0: hmm Well, one of the hacks of having a, a, mem- uh, a successful practice is time blocking. Mm-hmm. And, you, ne- you know, if you, so if you had an appointment with a client, you would not show up and no call, no, no show up you, or hope you wouldn't. Mm-hmm. So treat yourself the same way. If that's like right now, I, I love playing pickleball. Uh, it's, it's, it's gotten to a pretty competitive, uh, <laughs> level in part, but it's a lot of fun. It's fastest and growing sport I, in America. <laughs> I, yeah. It's, it's great. I'm trying Yeah, I love it. It's so fun. And I like, I love going, I like going running. Um, it's more for my mental health and if I, you know, weather permitting, but if I, if my time block for exercise for me, my time block for exercise is six in the morning, to you know, about seven thirty, give or take, because mm-hmm. I'm not stealing time from my family yet. Mm-hmm. Know, I'm not stealing time from my business. I'm not stealing p- time from, and you need that creative outlet. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm just not going to miss things anymore unless we, you know, we have to, or we have a schedule conflict. But I also want the kids, children, our kids to understand work is a high priority. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it, unfortunately, I missed a lot. And I guess one of the other things that's formed of things is the pain. I, the pain of just missing stuff. And I just remember some, things that and my wife completely understood, but like, you know, my daughter's third birthday and she's like, Hey, we're going to meet at this restaurant, be there. It starts at four 30. So be there by four twenty. It's like, okay, I didn't, do that. you know, it was just a bad feeling. You know what I yeah. mean? So, mm-hmm. Yeah. I just made a promise that I'm not going to, that one, I'm I'm going to be there for their stuff. I'm going to be a uh, supportive friend, uh, a supportive husband and try mm-hmm. to also t- treat myself to the things I like to do. And luckily, they're, you know, not all of them are the great, greatest health. I mean, I do like some fro-yo and some uh, <laughs> hot chicken and stuff. But um, in, in really just surround yourself with people that, you know, we tell the kids all the time, like, if you want to know your future, look around you. So wow. surround yourself with people that are bringing you up and, and challenging you. But, you know, really like, it's funny, we have a, I don't know, it, but we, I put a little sticky note up in our refrigerator because I know everyone (laughs) goes in there and, and it just says in order, number one, faith, family, work, fun. (laughs) And that, and that's, that's just what I, you know, I'm going to have to, now you can have fun, Mm -hmm. but it's a lot Mm -hmm. more fun when your work is taken care of, when your grades are good and you, and you feel good about taking that time. And yeah, I'm not missing that much, but also. I work. I, I love what I'm doing, mm-hmm. and because of the practice we have, we can we have a lot of flexibility. So if if yeah. it's eight at night to nine thirty, and I want to return emails, then I, because I've time blocked that, that's fine. So now I would recommend one hack because I don't want people to say I don't give all my secrets away. But if you're going to return <laughs> emails from eight to nine thirty p.m., make sure you delay send them till the next morning yes. because you don't <laughs> want to start a conversation at ten at night with somebody. But um. <laughs>
1: Yep. I was doing that last night. I was like, I got to remember how to do my delay send on this because I don't, there's nothing worse than waking up at six in the morning either with an inbox full of emails. So, uh, Mm -hmm. so that's not fun, but yeah, that's a good hack. Well, you know, I love the overall focus. Your goals and what you're building, what you've developed for yourself are really, in a sense, having goals and understanding what you'd missed and wanting to redirect your time and block time for, for balancing what also is important, which then really, I think, motivates all of us to then find solutions. And that's the key, find the solution to fix the problem. And, you know, a lot of times it is those processes so we can create time and we can, we can factor that into our lives because life is too short. Life's too short to give up our health, our wealth, our kids, our family, our lives. Um, But I with you, I love what I do. I think we have uh we're blessed working in a, in an amazing career. One last question I always like to ask this question mm-hmm. um what do you wish you knew what do you know now that you wish you knew when you were twenty man what would you tell your twenty year old self
0: <laughs> um, hmm Wow. Okay. You know, I don't get emotional that often. I would tell myself, trust yourself. It's all, everything's going to be work out better than you thought. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I know it's kind of a 30,000 foot thing, but yeah.
1: yeah. But you know what? I, I respect that so much. And I expect your, your emotion that comes from that <laughs> as well because. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my kids are all in their mid-20s. My daughter's 23, and she's going through this this phase of finding herself. It's a little painful. It's painful for her. It's painful for me because she's mm-hmm. in a breaking away phase as well. But 20, it can be such a hard time. And to your point, if we could just impress to our kids, and if I could do the same thing myself when I was 20, and to your point, just go back and say, just trust yourself a little. Just find that confidence and trust yourself. It's going to be okay. Uh, so. Uh that is amazing. So thank you so much for sharing that. Thanks for joining me today. I love the conversations. I've thoroughly enjoyed meeting you. I loved being on your podcast. I love what you're doing. We definitely need to talk more about all this TTF and, um, and just connect because I, I would love to continue to work with you. So with that, um, thank you so much for being a guest on today's podcast. Uh, Chris, if anybody wants to get a hold of you, what would be the best way to reach out or do some research and, and uh, find more info?
0: Well, thank you again. It's been a pleasure. Um, we have an amazing team here, and um, to find find me, I'm on LinkedIn. But probably the best thing to do would be going to uh, teachingtaxflow.com. That's that's our that's our community page uh, or website. If you're on Facebook, we have a private Facebook group that new anyone who listens to this is invited to called Defeating Taxes. That's DefeatingTaxes.com. It'll take you right there. Would love that the interaction is, is amazing. Um, and honestly, we do a weekly poll. That tells me what people want. And that it's it's like, uh, it is really great. And um, Or find me on LinkedIn and message me, connect with me. You know, we have even written on my, white, my boards up here, which if you're watching, you get the, is is uh, collaboration over competition. So let's mm-hmm. collaborate and let's bring out the best in each other.
1: Right. That sounds amazing. I love it. All right. Well, thank you again. I so appreciate it. I hope you have a fantastic day. Thanks to all your listeners.